Thank you for listening to this St. Louis on the Air podcast, supported by University College at Washington University. Offering approachable world-class education with undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. The American narrative is filled with stories of people coming from other parts of the world seeking a better life and achieving success here. We have one on today's program, Gonesec Senegalese. Her parents brought her here to this country from Italy five years ago. She did not speak English, but recently graduated from Riverview Gardens High School as class valedictorian. Her hard work has paid off with a full scholarship to Washington University, where she's planning a double major in mechanical engineering and musical composition. Joining me in studio is that new Washington University student, Gonesec. Liliana Moore is a coach at College Bound, a program to help youngsters prepare for and enroll in college. She's been working with Gone for the past year or so. Nancy Fowler is St. Louis Public Radio's arts and culture reporter who is telling this story online and on the air. Well, Gone, congratulations to you. I think I said you were Senegalese. That's your parents' background. You were actually born in Italy. Yes. Okay, we'll get that squared away. You know, I have to, given where you are now and given your story, which is a remarkable one. Thank you. Does all of this seem real to you as you're preparing for a new step at Washington University? Honestly, not really. Actually, today I was walking around campus. My classes start tomorrow. And I was just thinking, like, wow, like, this just really feels still like a dream. Mm -hmm. It's like it's all going so well. And I'm so grateful because I honestly wouldn't have been able to be where I am without all of the support and love I've received. And I'm just, like, so grateful. It well, still doesn't feel real. The, the remarkable part of your story is the fact you, you speak English better than I do, I must say, <laughs> and you've only been speaking it for five years. It's just an incredible story. I tried really hard. Yeah. Tell us ab- about your coming to this country and getting started on this path that uh, taken you to where you are now. Well, yeah, I came to um, America in August 2012, and at the time, I was really little, so I didn't really um, know much of the reason why I was going to America. It's just that in Italy, America is just like the dream, just like the place everyone would love to be in, and I was just really excited to know that that's, that was my destination. But once I got here, I realized that I wasn't really considering and factoring in the uh, cultural barrier that I would face as well as the language barrier. Mm. That was very overwhelming at first. It was it was really tough for me, especially because I wasn't um, really well academically inclined prior um, to my years here in America. So um, adjusting also to the different school system was a struggle for me. And I, I just found myself like um, really overwhelmed most of the time. You, you found yourself. Uh, did someone help you find yourself? <laughs> yeah, definitely. My, um, my peers were really helpful, actually. They, they knew that I didn't speak English, and they would like often um, like point objects to me and kind of like repeat the um, name of the objects as well as my teachers. My teachers were really sweet and helpful, like, I mean, one of my teachers um, always let me um, use her iPad to translate assignments. And another, my English teacher, she even translated the assignments for me and gave me the English um, copy to compare it and learn faster. So, yeah, definitely um, other people also, like, really helped me um, 
kind of analyze the situation and figure out where I stand on it. Nancy Fowler, what a difficult story to resist. There are so many elements to this story. I'm sure as a veteran reporter, many of them caught your attention early on. Well, I just, um, I first met Gone when I was doing a story about her band director, Harvey Lockhart. And um, Gone was one of the students that um, I interviewed about Mr. Lockhart, who was um, won a major award for, for his work there at the school. And so I just was really um, impressed by Gone when I interviewed her. And her story um, is so unique, and you tell it so well. And Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And I thought, and also my editor, David Casares, it really encouraged me to, you know, keep up with this young woman. Let's find out what she's going to do after graduation. So, yeah, we're not through with you yet. We're going <laughs> to okay. f- we're going to follow your story, Liliana. How did College Bound get involved in all of this? So, College Bound is an organization that really works with low income, uh, first generation students. So. Gone started in our program her sophomore year in high school, a little late, but still um, followed through up until this senior year where we were working through all of her applications, um, kind of supporting through that process. And what specifically does College Bound do for for someone like Gone? So it really is just about providing the resources, right, that students may not have access to at their high school or answering questions that they may not have thought of before. And so I think specifically for the senior year is really working through all of those little pieces, the FAFSA, knowing how to fill it out correctly, um, knowing what the CSS profile is. Like those are things that students may not know, right, at first. So it's like working through that. And you helped fill out the college applications? Yeah, I did. Like there were 80 of them, <laughs> something there, like that. 88, yeah. 88. <laughs> the hard part were the essays. Let me tell you, there were a lot of those. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> Definitely. How, how about for you, Gone, and going through all of this, 88 applications and the essays and all the rest of it? My, that's a full-time job right there. Yeah, um, it was It was definitely very stressful. I, I went through um, a lot of hardships just like, keeping myself balanced and most of the time I just I just couldn't find a way to um to kind of cope with the amount of stress that I was dealing with but um it was really helpful having college bound um like in my corner guiding me and also like making sure that I'm like up to date with um all of the deadlines and um, making setting little goals for myself to eventually get to the bigger um the bigger goal, which is getting accepted into a good college. And, yeah, I applied to 88 colleges because that that sounds like a really big number. It does. But I I was really insecure. I was was really insecure that I wouldn't get into um, one of my top colleges or I wouldn't get into a good college or one that I can afford. It was was just like I think still like a lot of the insecurities that I held as a – as a, when I was younger, going through a lot of hardships in, in the school system, I think those insecurities kind of, like, carried over and, like, really kind of made me feel like I wasn't um, good enough somehow to um, get into the colleges I wanted to and be able to afford them. So I applied to as many as I could to give myself as many options as 
I could possibly have. And you were rewarded with acceptance in, in many of more than 70, as I understand, and, and yeah. a million and a half dollars in potential scholarships. Yeah, I, I, really, I really was not expecting that. From the, the very first acceptance letter um, that came in, I was, I was just like, I reread the letter about five times. I was just really excited, and I was like, wow. I might actually, I might actually do this. I might actually get there. And as, as they kept coming in, as they kept offering me scholar, offering me scholarships, the phone calls that I would get from the current students, just checking in on me, making sure mm-hmm. that I have all the information that I need, I, I began to gain confidence. And that's that's pretty that's pretty much when things started to light up a little more. The insecurities that I was holding were slowly fading away. And, yeah, I was, I'm just really grateful and very surprised. The insecurities have to be gone by now. <laughs> why, why Washington University? I spent two months um, there last summer. I took three classes. Um, and at first I was – that also I was insecure about because those were actually um, real college classes that would count towards my um, undergraduate uh, transcript. So I was I was just scared that I wasn't prepared, I wasn't ready, or I wouldn't be able to keep up. But they were they were absolutely amazing. They were magical. My favorite was the band books um, English literature class. It was incredibly interesting in the discussions and the small setting. The professor was super nice, and that just that really caught me off guard because me thinking about college, I'm always. Like I just have, I always had this image of this really strict professor just giving this really long lecture, no interaction between the students, and just like walking away when it's done, and just like being left with so much confusion and just struggling to like keep up and everything. But that really, that really gave me a lot to look forward to, and the campus is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. The sense of community is also really strong. That's. WashU is a really competitive school, and it's really, um, like, academically well-known. So I was expecting, um, I wasn't expecting everyone to be so friendly and so willing to help. My classmates were always down to um, meet up and study together, no matter how long it would take us. And it was just that sense of community and how beautiful the campus is and the resources that are available to me. That was just something I couldn't leave behind. So even though I've gotten accepted into other colleges, it was just always something in the back of my mind telling me that, wow, she's amazing, wow, she's amazing. So you might want to consider it a little more. Liliana, have you ever seen anything quite like this, given the number of uh, applications that were filed, the number of acceptances, and the scholarship uh, potential? It is truly an honor to have worked with Gone this year. I am so humbled by everything she's accomplished, everything that she like set her mind to, she did. And it's that like self-drive and like motiv- motivation that I feel like got to got her to where she is. So Nancy, Gone has talked a lot about insecurities. Have you been aware of any insecurities in her since you've known her? Hmm, that's an interesting question. I know that you're very open about any insecurities that you have. I know you've accomplished a tremendous amount. I also know that, you know, accomplished people have insecurities too. You know, we all do. And I just, you know, appreciate your 
you're talking about that because it, it, it sort of opens up the conversation to say that, hey, we all have, we all have insecurities. Tell me, Gone, about your parents. I, I know that they obviously had a very keen interest in, in your success, and that's why they left Italy, correct, because they wanted to be sure right. uh, that you'd have the most uh, opportunities. Your time in Italy was, was, not, uh, was not a good time for you, was it? No. Academically, certainly. Yeah. Um, well, it's, I, I don't want to say that the um, I don't want to say that the school system is bad or anything because it's just I believe it just wasn't the place for me. Everyone um, has like things work differently for everyone, and for me, it kind of like broke me more than it helped me. I um, I struggled greatly with um, academics. I wasn't always the quickest at catching on to things, and one thing that um, I did realize that's one really big difference between the um, Italian schools schooling and um, American schooling is the amount of support and help that the students receive and also the bonding with the um, with the instructors. In Italy, I, I always um, needed help. I always tried to seek um, for help, but the instructors are more like they they come in the classroom, they um, give the lesson, and then they leave. And it's not more of like, it's not really much interaction going on, like not really tutoring or extra help or just like kind of um, trying to reach the students who need a little more um, assistance. But here I, I like noticed a lot of that happening, definitely especially my high school teachers and my middle school teachers, they were really always willing to help, and they would always notice when um, my test scores aren't where they're supposed to be or when I'm not as attentive in class. They always check in on me, and they always ask me if I need any help. And that's one thing that I did not receive in Italy, and that kind of caused me to have a um, quitter's mentality. Mm-hmm. Back then, I was I was just confident that I wouldn't be able to move on to um high school, and I wouldn't be able to get a degree afterwards, and I would probably settle for, um, I would probably settle for working, um, like, like I said, I always picture myself working in a factory or something, like, just something that wouldn't require much education, because I felt like that wasn't, I wasn't fit for it. Yeah, you're being more diplomatic and kinder, I think, than I would be. Nancy, (laughs) I got the impression reading your story that the teachers in Italy were downright cruel to this young lady. Well, I mean, you know, going to you to tell me a story um, about the one teacher that um, you didn't do well on a test, and she brought the test back to you, and what yeah. happened? Yeah, she um, she pretty much like like threw it in my face, and she told me, "Wow, I can't believe this. You're just so dumb," and things like that. Well, like I think the most um, the most vivid memory that I have from that time with my teachers was when um, my math teacher um, she asked me. I also talked about this in my uh, speech. Yes. But um, she asked. She made me stand up in front of the class during um, an interrogation. She asked me, um, "Gone, what is three plus four? And I I felt I felt really confident in my answer. My study skills were really poor, but I felt really confident in my answer, and I got up and I said eight. The answer is eight, and everyone just like started giggling, and she just she just had a really disappointed look in her face, but at the same time she had a I knew it look in her face, and it 
it it made me feel re- it made me lose confidence. And she called me to her desk and she gave me two gray donkey ears with I'm stupid written on the two ears. And she told me to walk around every hallway and knock on the doors so that the other classroom classrooms could see how stupid I was and learn from me so that they wouldn't be like me. And things things like that always like especially at such a young age, they really they really caused me to kind of give up on hope for my future. Kind of just I, I was just confident that there's there's no way that I even have the capability to become something. It it kind of it kind of was really hurtful to me, especially because I didn't have a really strong support system. My parents are really, really hardworking, and they always made sure that I would get anything that I wanted, really. But they're they're just like always. They they were working every day, all day, and I'm because they worked so hard for our sake, me and my sister's sake. I never wanted to bother them, bother them by telling them um, these things that were happening to me. So they weren't really. Um, very aware of it, and because I didn't have my family to be able to comfort me, it was it was pretty much just like learning to um, like step in a corner by myself and find ways to kind of comfort myself. And I didn't do very well with that because I I kind of gave up a little on myself. <laughs> your, your parents must be extraordinarily proud of, of and as well they should be. What about your sister? You have three sisters, is that correct? Yeah. And yeah. They're, they're all younger than you are, I believe. Yeah. Um, you must be an inspiration to them. Do you feel that? You, is, is there any pressure on you because Definitely. of that? Definitely. I actually want to say happy birthday to my own sister, Aminata. She's turning 10 today. Oh, congratulations. And, yeah, she... Um, her and my other sister Jada and my youngest two-year-old Hadija, they're all like really sweet, and I I notice how they all really look up to me all the time, mm-hmm. like especially Jada and Amina and um, Aminata, being a little older and being at the age where I was when I was dealing with all of that. They're kind of at the um at the stage where they need the support, they need someone to talk to, someone to stand up for them, someone to teach them what um, they're not able to learn for themselves. And I'm, re- I'm really grateful that they're able to look up to me in this sense because um, not long ago, actually, my, um, my little sister, she came up to me and she was crying, like, really badly. And she had actually a mark on her face, like, by her eye. And she told me that someone was throwing objects at her on the bus and she she was trying to tell my parents, but my parents were, like, not at home, and they were working. So she came to me. She was like, Ngone, they were bullying me on the bus, and I don't know what to do because I have to go again on the bus tomorrow. And if I go and they bully me again, then I'm going to cry during my test, and I really want to do good. So I was like that, that I really felt that for her because I remember I felt like that, and I didn't have a big sister to go to. So I really, really like felt like I had to be that big sister that I didn't have. So I called um, her principal, and her principal was very, he was he was very he was very um, on top of um, the matter. He he actually um, held an assembly about bullying, and he also contacted the bus driver and made sure that it wouldn't happen again. And just a week later, Aminata came to me and she wrote she wrote me a letter just like thanking me for that and talking about how she was really grateful that I was there for her. And things like that always remind me that 
they are watching me at all times, and I want to be the best example well, that good, I can be. Good for you, and, and, and a great example you are. You know, academics are not your only skill. I understand that uh, music is also a part of your life, and that uh, you, that's going to be a part of your major in, in uh, Washington University. Tell me about music and how it, how it uh, influences you. I was first introduced to music um, about my, my eighth grade year in, um, at um, Westview Middle. I, I struggled to communicate with my counselor on when um, she was scheduling my classes. And because we're all required to take an elective, she wasn't really sure what elective to put me in. So she put me in band. And since I wasn't able to talk to my teacher, he assigned flute to me. Because I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't speak for myself, and I I was just really confused all the time because I had this instrument but no clue how to play it and I couldn't ask for help. So I took it home. I w- went on YouTube and I just began my self-teaching journey on flute. And before I realized, it became really one of the best things that have ha- have happened to me because, like I said before, I was really overwhelmed with the um change of culture and, I mean, the new exposure to a different culture and also the language barrier. And every time I would feel that stress and feel upset about it, I could just pick up my flute and start practicing (laughs) or playing. And I literally felt like I was writing a diary entry through my music. It was... That's, that's pretty much what, where my um, music journey began. Our, our time is winding down. Liliana, it makes your job a lot easier dealing with a personality like this with the go-gettedness uh, ability that she has. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wish all my students were so on top of everything. <laughs> what do you want to be when you get out of college? What, uh, what career do you want? Mechanical engineering? What would you do with that? I definitely, I definitely have always been the person to just like, I love helping. So um, not necessarily going for a uh, commercial purpose. I just want to be able to build uh, things that can help in lower income families, especially the, um, the black community that has welcomed me so warmly. I just want to give back to that community. So that's, that's kind of how I want to use my major. Well, we wish you all the very best, and we'll be watching the next thank four you years. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Gone Sec, thank you for being with us again. Congratulations to you. Thank Nancy you. Fowler, thank you for bringing this story to us. It's online right now. People can uh, learn even a little bit more if they choose to. And Liliana Moore, thank you so much for being with us. Keep up the good work at College Bound. Great organization. Archive versions of past St. Louis on the Air programs are available for download or podcast at stlpublicradio.org slash stlonair. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Don Marsh. <laughs>